0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. I am here today with my good friend and mentor, Jessica Mangum. She is here to tell us about her spiritual journey as a mentor, mystic, healer, and medium. I actually met Jessica several years ago now through her dog. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but her dog actually escorted me to Jessica literally and would not let me leave until we actually started walking and talking and then once we were together she took off but and it's been uh, a rather interesting ride since
1: then so Jessica
0: why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: Uh, you know my my portfolio has has expanded especially with COVID
0: so what I do
1: I'm like literally listing off the bullet points but I guess the overriding aspects of what I do revolve around helping people acting as a bridge serving people in terms of helping them to receive clarity wherever they are i meet them wherever they are really i'm i'm a teacher i tried to avoid that for a while cuz i really like <laughs> <laughs> i remember in like high school and college i'd have to stand up in front of the class and i would get it's, i did not like speaking in front of people then i finally realized oh, wait a second. This is actually what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll move into, since we're talking about butterfly metamorphosis, just the, the evolution of my teaching from, you know, masters in education, follow, following the societal, like quote unquote norms of what a teacher is supposed to do into my realizing that um, through meditation and meditative practice, I could actually hear, which is what our throat chakra allows us to do here and see and feel um, energies that were coming to me. And I, it took me a while to realize that not many people could, could actually do that or they could, but didn't realize that that's what that was. So there was a whole like transition, during that time frame, and that you know, I've always been able, I realized like a week ago, actually, Amy. <laughs> and maybe I'd talk to you about this, but from the time I was like tiny, tiny, I can remember always having to pull a blanket up over like my head mm-hmm. because I swear to God, they would come and talk to me as a kid,
0: mm-hmm. and I'd be like
1: get out of my room, like, who are you? And I didn't realize that it was actually energies that were trying to speak to me. So to this day, it could be a hundred degrees in any given room. And if I have just a sheet on me, I freak out, I can't sleep. So I have to have like a comforter on me at all times because the comforter will keep me safe from all the energies that come and talk to me. It will, of course it will. (laughs) So yeah, so I, I learned that I have a primary guide And my primary guide had a masculine voice. So I knew it wasn't my voice. I could actually distinguish my voice in my head from that of his voice. And he would just tell me really soothing, calming, um, seemingly generic uh, things. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn that, you know, when I asked questions, whatever he told me to do, I would do that. And it was always in the right direction until it came to a point where he said, all right, well, now you need to stop teaching what you're teaching right now, which at the time was English as a second language, and start teaching people how to move through their awakening, how to meditate, how to understand their own intuition, who they are at their core, because people have lost that aspect of who they are, because we're trying to fit into the, the, the norms, right? And so we, we not I don't want to say we're all sheep, but we kind of lose who our unique aspects of self are and and yeah just get lost in that so I mean it's a it's a very long-winded way of saying what I do <laughs> but it's about private so I, I do intuitive readings I do medium readings uh I do mentoring mentorships my favorite I do workshops. I do past life regressions. So I just got certified in transpersonal hypnotherapy and I'm so excited. I do holy fire Reiki and singing bowls and I use singing bowls on the body to help vibrationally align people. And it's like whatever everyone or anyone needs, I, I bring it to their table to help them open up so that ultimately they can move forward. So there you go. That's I cute. do a lot. Yes. And, um, <laughs>
0: And you're a mom <laughs> and a wife <laughs> you've got one graduating and one in
1: kindergarten right mm-hmm. yeah all my all my birds were about to leave the nest and then chad and i my husband decided to have a baby <laughs> <laughs> And thank god we have her. so yeah she's in kindergarten she's loving it now that they're back in school and yeah mary's graduating and she's going to be at chapel hill next year so i'm excited about that
0: very nice She'll love Chapel Hill. Yeah. She will love Chapel Hill.
1: I think, yeah. I've never been on the campus, but I'm sure she will. It's just fun to watch them grow. It's it's amazing. So what was As the you know.
0: transformation like for you when you awakened to your gifts and when you realized
1: that you had a gift? I think, you know, initially it was so... Let me, I'll, again, I'll, I'll retrace. So I have to go back to when I became aware that I needed to do something meditative. And, and I used to get migraines when I was about 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And my mother was very much into meditation at the time. And she gave me a cassette tape. It was some doctor that was just saying, you know, see this white light and watch it moving through your whole body. But all you all your muscles. And the migraines started going away. And I realized there's something to this meditation piece. That was like the, the initiation. My mom has always been the the catalyst, I suppose, which I hear is rare. Mostly there's like this you're a what? (laughs) What are you doing? Are you crazy? And my whole family is like, that's so cool. When can I come in for a reading or whatever? So (laughs) she started that for me. She really got me started in terms of visualization and, and, you know, separating mind and body and spirit and trying to figure out like who I was in time and place. And so then it wasn't until my late twenties when Mary, my now 18 year old, who's going to Chapel Hill was about two and a half. And I, um, so I'm not a stay at home mom. <laughs> I'm a good mom, <laughs> but I had to stay at home with her and it was like beating my head against a wall. I just, I, yeah, I realized I had to do something to keep my sanity. So I started meditating while she would nap. And that's when I started seeing um, real colors, vivid colors coming through my third eye. And I didn't know what they meant at the time. I I was just like, that's kind of cool. And then I started seeing these like circles, like donuts that would come at me and they got faster and faster. And then, you know, 30, 45 minutes in, I'd start going through wormholes to like different dimensions. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was opening up portals and I was like, that's cool. Where am I now? (laughs) That was fun. The The tricky part and what really threw me was when I then moved to Thailand and started hearing other voices that were not William, my primary guide. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I remember the first voice that I heard, it was like the first time I heard a ghost scared the heck out of me. Because with a ghost energy comes a sort of like emotion, like an anxiety, or it's like when you walk in a cemetery at midnight, you know, you're not like, yay. <laughs> it's that... <laughs> sensation and this ghost this, this voice just kept talking to me and he said like I just want to talk to him Meaning he wanted to talk to my, my then husband and I stopped meditating altogether so that part of the awakening scared me I was not expecting it I didn't ask for it but I had opened up the portals from doing the meditation yeah so then I but the rest of the awakening was a very gradual they were nice to me. When I say they, I'm talking about, you know, the powers that be. It was very gradual. It was very much about becoming aware. And they showed me both the dark and light sides. That was a little scary too. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to dissuade anyone from from doing this work. Yeah, most of it's just beautiful. So, but it can be challenging. It can be confusing. So that's why I teach it. What is,
0: or how? how has your views of God or spirituality changed
1: as a result of doing this type of work? Wow. I grew up Lutheran and, you know, even as, again, as a child, I always had this understanding that Jesus was right with me, that there wasn't this, like he wasn't on a pedestal somewhere way in the distance. And I know that a lot of the people that I work with still struggle with that. A A lot of people do struggle with that in general, so I used to think of God, let's just say like the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that I had to be good, that I had to be perfect, that I couldn't make mistakes. And I've learned through various disciplines, including, as you know, the Course in Miracles, right? That you know, mistakes are just an opportunity for growth, that God is a loving God mm-hmm. and that He, she, it is here to help us further our growth because all the work that we do here. Is in conjunction with what they're doing over there. It's almost like they're like the quilt, the blanket of light and, and star energy that just helps us move forward and vice versa. It's really interesting. So moving from, you know, memorizing the apostles' creed or the <laughs> Lord's Prayer and like making sure I said my prayers and doing everything I was supposed to do into understanding more of what I felt in a heartfelt soul and spirit level that's how I see God now God's my friend that's awesome yeah
0: yeah it is it takes a long process I think to get there because I was like you I mean I had or like people that you've worked with where I saw God as very judgmental and he was up in the sky judging every move I made and I didn't I could never quite understand why he couldn't love me Sure.
1: yeah okay. well, but you were perfect yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> you didn't make any mistakes <laughs> so God had nothing to judge
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about channeling angels and spirits what is that like for you how do you how do you hear I mean, when, when people hear that what it what is what does that mean or how do you hear angels? How do you know um, it's the angels that are talking to you?
1: You know, I, I went from, like I said, the first voice that I actually heard was my primary guide. And then I heard my ex-husband's uh, grandfather talking to me, got freaked out. And then <laughs> went back to meditation was told after some time that I needed to start working with people. And it was then that I began to understand and learn that all the different colors that I was seeing were different angelic high frequency energies that were coming to share their energy with me. But I didn't understand that until it was explained to me. I mean, you just don't, you're like, everybody sees these colors, you know, and the eyes are closed. You see colors. Some people don't see color at all. Right. Yeah. But you know, it, I think the first realization was that I, there were a couple things. Like I get all this ringing in my ears and someone finally, I think it was uh, my first mentor, Gina, Gina Spriggs. When I get ringing in my ears, she's like, oh, that's a download. That's the angels talking to you, sending you information. And it just comes through like a, ring, like a really high pitch noise in your ear because they just move that much faster than we do. We're like in slow motion down here. So that was interesting to me. And then I realized that around people of light, I'll see with my eyes open, like flits of, of light. And those are signs that angels are present. But I think what really helped me was going into a meditative state, opening up my energy fields or my chakras, whatever you want to call that. And then calling in specific angels for um, certain things and like almost shaking hands with them in my mind space. So I would feel them. I would personify them. That always helps me because angels in my understanding, really don't have a human form. It's just the only way that humans can perceive them, right? Yeah. They're more like an energy. Um, So for example, like the Archangel Michael, who's the protector, I would call in uh, when I'm going on an airplane ride. And if I needed to, I would channel, I would ask questions, just like I would with my primary guide, and get the answers that he was willing to give in terms of my trip or things that I should prepare. It's (laughs) kind of nice. But he comes through as a like an ultraviolet light for me. And and different people see him as a different color. And yeah, you know, Michael, so Gabriel comes in for me a lot because that's the archangel of communication, teaching, counseling, you know, working with kids. Gabriel's like a copper color, but I had to learn. All these colors that were coming to me which one applied to which angel or ascended master so when i see jesus it's like a, a gold rose mesh color i don't know how and that's that to me is like the christ consciousness so really what it boils down to is pay, observing paying attention looking at like am i seeing colors how do they feel how do they even smell how do they sound you know so angels and what do they
0: do to people and different forms or different ways. I mean, if, if like you see colors and I hear things. Yes. So they will, they will come to you. However, however you need them to come to you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. And just to kind of not get too deep into it, but delve into, and you, you already know this, we all have different strengths. I mean, everybody knows (laughs) what I mean to say is, In terms of receiving information, invisible information, right? Like what we can't see, hear, feel, touch, spirit, essentially. Each of us has a stronger gift, um, like an energy field. For example, like I said, the throat chakra is the ability to hear. The third eye is the ability to see the colors. The heart would be the ability to heal or network and feel from a loving standpoint, what they are, you know, the most of us women in particular, not to stereotype, but our empaths So the sacral chakra, being able to feel, you know, like what does Jesus feel like emotionally when he comes to visit? How do I feel emotionally? You know, that's really important.
0: Now, how do you help people if they're just learning how to meditate or starting to meditate and they have a hard time with meditating? They can't quiet their mind or they can't sit still long enough how do you teach them to bridge that gap and actually go into a meditative state?
1: That's the tricky part there is, you know, as a healer, I have to understand that whoever I'm working with has to be ready to heal. So I can talk and talk and talk and talk about meditating. This is what you should do. And, you know, sometimes I'll give quote unquote homework and be like, all right, five minutes a day. But if, they are not ready to take that time because of all the distractions and feeling, it's just, you know, moving away from that normalcy or being uncomfortable with that quiet. I can't teach it. Yeah. But when I do teach it, when they are ready, what I do teach is to focus on the breath. So breathing in through the nose and, you know, you can think of it as a coolness going in through your nostrils and a warmth coming out. When I was in Thailand, A monk taught me that you can visualize it almost like a cane or a candy cane, like going into the mind space and all the way down to the root chakra at the base of the spine, all the way up and back out. And through that visualization, when the thoughts come in, you can be like, oh, I'm thinking, let them go and then focus back on the the flow of the breath. Some books. There's a book called Mindfulness in Plain English that's really good. You've got Teach Nat Han who's amazing. You have Pema Chodron. There are all these different resources and Buddhists and Buddhist texts and literature that are really helpful in terms of of learning how to meditate. I always recommend to not doing guided meditation because well, then then you're listening to say that faculty, the throat chakra, and your ability to hear is focused on what that person's telling you to do. You can start that way, but then begin by just focusing or continue by just focusing on the breath itself.
0: So as a medium, what is it like for you to receive messages or have you ever received a message from a spirit that you didn't want to receive
1: like I said the first time that I realized I was talking to a I don't want to say ghost because that sounds like oh my gosh like poltergeist and Steven Spielberg <laughs> not like what the movies would have you believe it to yeah. be you know so I had to learn how to create psychic boundaries meaning you know we have physical boundaries of people which like basically is like no <laughs> so Boundaries are the same, it's just a little trickier because you're dealing with metaphysical forces that you can't you can't like physically tell, like, hey, stop. So I work with what's called a, called a gatekeeper to um help not mute, but just kind of like set up the the time frames when I would want to receive their uh energy or not even receive because I don't want to receive it. <laughs> it's not fine to hear them, right? Mm-hmm. So there have been times I, that like, I can't go on ghost tours. The one that I did was, <laughs> you know, I was with my husband and there were people talking to me the whole time. There was like a little girl running around who wanted to sit on my lap, you know, like it, it's, um it's cool. But at the same time, it's like, eh, cause then you kind of, that energy goes with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now what I've, what is it kind of like an invasion almost an invasion of space private space because right. yeah. like the they're in my head right or not it's not like they're taking over like whoopi goldberg and um yeah. ghost but it's just they're just there so i have to be consistently pure and clean in my energy fields uh so that i don't pick up they don't have anything that they can hook on or grasp onto energetically anytime I've had a situation where I should not have been talking to that person or energy I've learned from that Mm -hmm. because there are some energies that just, we on the human side don't necessarily need to be working with them because they're either angry or they're, they're trapped or, you know, I have got William, my guides, my gatekeeper to tell me who I should or should not be working with. So yes, I have had that happen to me where I've had someone talk to me and then they got attached to me and I've had to work with a shaman to clear that, but it doesn't happen anymore because I had to learn from it.
0: Well, I guess that's how we, we learn and grow is by making mistakes sometimes. Well, not necessarily mistakes, opportunities
1: for growth. Yep. Other, you know, and lately it's interesting, Amy, I don't think I've told you this, but I've had a lot of a lot of medium readings where the 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 people that I'm tapping into most typically. So there's like layers of ascension, right? And mm-hmm. different dimensions. And I don't know how much you want me to get into all of that because it's hard to see, but I'll try to explain. <laughs> a good book to read for those of you watching or, or what listening is um, Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. And it was, uh, you know, just any in our, our Course in Miracles class. That suggests I love that book. It's, it's a great, great book. book. It's a great book. But it explains that that movement to and from the heavens back to earth i've had a lot of people that are kind of stuck in what i would call the fourth dimension like they're they're anchored here in earth they don't know that they're they're dead sometimes like drug overdoses or suicide those sorts of things mm-hmm. and i've had to help them cross over which is a really interesting process
0: i know working in the akashic records some of the soul specifications that we receive is um, transitions certain people have different specifications and transitions is one of those and that is exactly what that soul specification is all about is helping people transition in and out of the body and helping them move on to and into heaven the next realm which is it's really a really cool specification for for people to have it takes a special talent and a special skill, I think, to be able to do that and to detach from it as well.
1: I was just gonna say, when it was like the other stuff, it's, it's like, sometimes they would throw stuff in my lap that I wasn't ready for, but I always met up to the challenge. So like at the lighthouse, I wound up talking to a ghost that was there and helping him ascend. He was stuck because he had been, he was trapped in the basement of this lighthouse And he was funny. Like he had this great personality. He liked blondes and redheads. So he he would have liked you too. Uh, Remember that the tour guide was like, oh, now we're going to go see, I can't even remember what his name was. And she's like, oh, and he loves blondes and redheads. And I looked at Chad and rolled my eyes. I'm like, great, here we go into the basement. And he did, he stood there right by me the whole time. He's like, can you hear me? Oh my, oh no, you can, hear. you, you know, just like. And he was just telling me things. And the next morning after we had left, I, you know, I figured I'd left that all behind and he can't, I was in the bathroom, of course, because they always show up like either on the toilet or in the shower, (laughs) just around water, right? The the psychic conductor water. And he just started talking to me and telling me, he's like, I, he was, he was kind of crying. He was upset. And he's like, I don't know where I am. And I didn't know at that time. I was like, oh my gosh, like he, he doesn't realize he's a ghost. That ghosts don't know where they are in time and space. They're like literally stuck. And I could feel him. And then he showed me this because another, I mean, I love my third eye because it just I can see the stories and the storylines. And he showed me that they, he had been lynched oh, wow. by some soldiers in Florida. And I saw like their hats. I saw they were wearing Navy. I saw like their, you know, the, the beard things that Elvis, had. Mm-hmm. what do you call that? Sideburns. Sideburns. He had, like, mm-hmm. um, and he had like a bottle of some sort, I think it was like whiskey, scotch whiskey, and he was drunk and I could see him spewing. I, I mean, I saw it in such detail and then they killed him. And he's like, I got to get that man. And I'm like, that man's dead. He didn't even know that the man had died. He was stuck because he hadn't let go of that resentment. He wanted revenge. Oh, and wow. so when, when, you know, a ghost or an energy is holding on to something that they need to try to resolve in this plane, they literally cannot go. They're like anchored here. So I had to ask William, because I'm, I'm still on the toilet, like, okay, what do I do with this guy <laughs> in my bathroom? <laughs> but I could see, he wasn't in the bathroom, but I could see him still in the lighthouse, and William walked me through it. He said, just tell him to raise his energy upward, go toward the light, and he's like, well, where's the light? And I, I had to explain, like, go out the window or go this way. I'm like, you see the window to the right? So I was, William was showing me what was happening, and then I watched the whole thing, and he was gone. I didn't hear from him again. Wow. And that was, that was the first time I did that on the toilet in Pensacola, Florida. (laughs) Right. Are you freaking in the bathroom, in the bathroom, always in the bathroom,
0: always in the bathroom. Yes.
1: So what happens, what is it like when you tell people that you're a medium? You know, it's, it, it's an interesting question because for a while I was very careful about who I would share that with. And now I've just come to grips with the fact that I'm a medium. Um, I think there was a part of me that that work is really hard. It's a lot, lot of emotional, um, it's, it's heavy, you know, because you're working with people, humans and feeling the energies of their, you know, whoever it is that they're looking for, their parents, their loved one, their whoever. So it's, it's a, it requires a lot more energy to do that type of a reading. So for a while, I didn't say I was a medium because I didn't want to do medium readings. <laughs> but then, then William was like, um, you know, this really isn't about you. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> People need help. Lately, I would say since, since COVID, since I've done my hermit thing, I've just, I've come out of the quote unquote proverbial closet to just say like, yeah, I'm a medium. I'm a mentor. I teach intuitive guidance and I don't really care who my audience is, who I'm talking to. There's some people that, that I probably wouldn't mention it to. It just wouldn't make any sense and it wouldn't make any difference. So I'd say I teach meditation, it's a lot easier and I don't need to go into like elaborate, like, and this, and this, and you know, so I'm, 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 I own it now.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And we can own our,
0: our authentic selves and step into our authentic power. Can you tell us a little bit more about the past life regression and what you do there?
1: That's my favorite. It It is so healing. I mean, I spent my whole life in counseling. <laughs> I, I'll i just say I grew up in, a, in an alcoholic household. So I mean, everyone's recovering now. So my family and I are very, very close, um, I think as a result of what we witnessed together. But I will say that The past life work that I have done on myself as well as on other people is, oh my, it's just incomparable. So the, the healing that comes from, say you want to identify like who, who Chuck was in another lifetime to figure out why you guys bicker or whatever. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you even bicker or not, but you're married. So I would assume you do kind of par for the course, right?
0: He bickers. I'm
1: perfect. You know? So you could go back and literally see what the relationship was like, or could go back and see the role that they played and why there might be like a power struggle. Or, you know, at one point I went and looked at the lifetimes that I'd have with my sister. If she's watching this, she'd probably be like, well, what was it? <laughs> what did they say? But I was able to see why there was, you know, there was a little bit of friction between the two of us, where that came from and then how to heal it. I think that's the most important part. So you don't just see it and then you're like, oh, that stinks. And you come back. It's like, you go see what happened, You feel it. You are immersed in the situation and scenario with that person or persons. And then you, and then you heal it with your guides. You literally go up, you ascend, you don't die and ascend. (laughs) Let me just clarify But you can go home to your version of what the heavens are, meet with your guide, have a conversation, ask what the purpose of that lifetime was and what you were learning, and then what you can be, what you can bring with you in your toolkit moving forward. So, you know, regular therapy is helpful, but to me, having experienced it my whole life, it was just a reiteration of all of the quote unquote problems that I had. Yeah. And I really resolved, I wasn't like healing anything. I was becoming aware but it's almost like with the past life regression, you have to go back to what I would call the shadow. Like what is the origin of this trauma or this situation or this relationship? And what do I need to do to mend that? So it's, it is my favorite, the past life regression, the the current life regression, like age regression, super powerful and ancestral regression. I'm working on a program to teach and help people with that as well.
0: That's one of the things I love the Akashic records for is because you can go back into past lives and you can figure out where the root cause of situations comes from because it's all about the book of life and the book of remembrance. So that's very similar to what you're doing, Yep, which is very healing and it's actually healed a lot for me as well. Well, tell us how our audience can find you if they want to work with you on a mentor-mentee relationship or even get a mediumship reading or a past life regression therapy session. How would they get in touch with you? Where can they find you?
1: Or even intuitive guidance or Reiki or singing bowls. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) whatever kind of spiritual healing you need, Jessica can help any any way that you need to heal. So my webpage is jessicamangum.com and I'm on Facebook, Your Spiritual Pathfinder. And I can't remember my uh, social media is not my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> I think my Instagram is at Jessica Mangum Y-S like Sam P like Paul. Pretty sure that's it. But if you look up Jessica Mangum, it's there. But definitely the website, I just revamped it. There's a meditation that you can download. When you download the meditation, you can receive my newsletters.
0: Well, I will make sure to add all of that also in the show notes so they can be there. But is there anything that you would like to add
1: about you? No, but I just, I'm so glad you're doing this. Because y'all, when I met Amy, (sighs) (laughs) she was a hot mess she was like well the bible says i was like oh well let's 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 look at it from a different angle um, and now here you are i mean this is perfect butterfly kisses just the metamorphosis and the symbology behind it and it's just you know the spirituality is not so taboo anymore Mm-mm. And my, I guess my goal is for it not to be so woo woo. It's just something that we can participate in on a consistent basis daily in our lives to make our lives better, to have better relationships, to be happier, to be grateful.
0: So, dude, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah that's it. I firmly believe we are these uh, creators of our own experience. So we get to choose how we live our life. We're here to experience our divinity through our humanity. And that's how we how we grow. So, Agreed. Yeah. Well, I've got one last question for you that I've been asking all of my guests. So I've got to ask you as well. If you had one hour to sit on a park bench with someone and ask them questions and talk with them, whether they're dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, wow. Probably Jesus if I could physically sit next to him and just put my head on his shoulder, I wouldn't even need to talk. We'd just speak telepathically. I probably would ask him like, seriously, why did you go? (laughs) That was really selfish because you left the rest of us here to just kind of figure everything out when you already knew it, you know? Like, (laughs) So rude. (laughs) You and that whole crucifixion thing. probably like i kept trying to tell everybody but (laughs) nobody was listening yeah i'd probably be jesus he's just what a presence i mean you know yeah Yeah. it'd be him i and i'm thinking abe lincoln martin luther king like who would i i don't know robert plant from led zeppelin
0: (laughs) (laughs) that would be an interesting conversation (laughs) he'd probably be head (laughs) uh yeah he would or something Doing them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you, Jessica, for joining us today and sharing your spiritual journey with us. And it's been fabulous. And thank you for always being my friend and sharing your heart and soul with me. And yeah, being willing to share your heart and soul with my listeners. And
1: well, who would you sit next to? You didn't answer that. I know I'm not interviewing you, but. <laughs> I've actually answered it before on a couple other.
0: Jesus would be a good one. Another one of my guests had had mentioned Mother Teresa. Yeah. And I think she would probably be a very interesting one to interview or to talk with. And also for a live would probably be Oprah Winfrey. I I would love to just sit and pick her brain.
1: Oh, and she'd she'd probably love it too.
0: Yeah, just because I think she is. A very interesting woman, very powerful in her own right. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us. And we will definitely have to have you on again
1: one day. I would love that.
0: Thank you much. Bye. bye Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, A Journey of Spiritual Transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, join me on the Facebook page at Butterfly Kisses Podcast. Here, we can continue the conversations we've been discussing on these podcasts, and you can also ask questions of our guests as well. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me on the Facebook page, or you can do so by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you, and remember always spread your gorgeous wings my friend and fly until next time see ya